morning. Wow, I gotta get fix this camera. Sometimes, uh, you know, it gets blurry. Can you guys see me okay? Hope you guys are safe and well. Today's your favorite uh, day. I wanna give a few seconds for you guys to join and then we'll get this week's session started. And meantime, need some more fuel. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all you Facebook users. I don't see names up here. <laughs> we got we got Logan with us today. Good morning, everyone. I'm uh, hopping in so I can actually see all your names inside of Facebook. All right. Someone's saying, let's go. <laughs> all right. Since we only have 30 minutes, um, we I think we have seven or eight properties to preview today. Let's dive in and I'm going to share my screen and give me one second here. All right. And while Manny's getting that pulled up, guys, let's make this interactive. So if you have questions or thoughts, comments that come up while Manny's reviewing the properties, drop them in the comments. I'm going to be monitoring it the entire time and we'll, uh, we'll make it interactive throughout the property previews. Yes, please do. Uh, we need action. Um, all right. So first one is from uh, Zit Willem. Uh, I apologize if I mispronounce your name. Um, he sent us a property link here, but let's read see uh, what his intention or details are. It says the main lease is a Mexican consulate. Their lease expires in December, but I get the in I get to interview them, and the seller seems to guarantee they will be extending, as they recently did remodeling and upgrades to the building themselves. That's always a good sign. Uh, all other leases are in place till 2027 or after. And the expenses right now are at 30% of gross lease income. Parking is not ideal at the moment, but it seems that they are making it work with reserved parking spots per lease. Other than that, the building is in prime condition and it seems like a killer deal if the consulate extends. What are some of the must ask questions that I need to ask when I interview in the consulate? Well, let's first of all, take a look at the property. Looks like in Arizona. All right, Phoenix, Arizona, McDowell. Um, I'm very familiar with the area. I used to own 1010 East McDowell. It was a four story medical building. This is in a little bit better area than mine. It's on 3rd Street. Remember in Phoenix, anything on street, is good anything on avenue is bad the city is split into two and i think this the street that splits the city into two is center central or center but anyhow um eric witcherman i've done a lot of deals with in past 20 years knowing well he's a good broker uh, i don't like the price per foot and i, I don't like the cap rate for phoenix you're 100 occupied you got a small lot 1.4 acre which is not big for a 36,000 square feet building. Um, you do uh, have a little bit newer construction, 1986, but right off the bat, I'm looking at this and this does not look like a value add to me. Now the area surround, is surrounded by other commercial properties. Looks like there's a, a new multifamily development to the left. Let's take a look at more pictures. Um, it's got good bones, good construction quality. Um, McDowell is a pretty uh, big boulevard. Uh, 
and is very high traffic. My problem is having a saturation of one tenant um, that in, in a property. Uh, let's see if there is a rent rule here or a property flyer. No, Eric didn't post anything. Um, um, I would say pass on this, but your question to me is, what would you ask the tenant during tenant interview? Well, main thing is, do you see your business, uh, um, you know, in our building, uh, you know, outgrow our building, or do you see the physical occupancy of our property to maintain consistent in the next five years? Uh, those are things you want to ask because you want to kind of get some clarity on how is the building working out for this tenant's uh, use. If they're going to outgrow it in next three to five years, well, that's a problem. <laughs> You're at 100% lease. Uh, other problem is, is there a termination option in their lease? So since they're mixing in consulate, I'm sure any type of government-related use typically has an out clause, and that's a nail in a coffin for me. I would not buy a property with an out clause on there. So those are the two things, but on the surface, it's, you're paying about replacement costs, um, and you're 100% occupancy, and you have a saturation of a tenant. And let me take a look here, see if that represents just two hours. Yeah, it doesn't tell me how much of the property console is occupying but from the pictures obviously it's going to be substantial at least the full floor is my guess um but yeah this is not one i would get excited um at least overly excited about uh, unless you can get it for like an eight eight and a half cap and there is room to push up other tenants and you have a great feedback from your tenant interview all right let's move on to watch take we got below is a five unit retail center i wanted to get your thoughts on it is 81 percent occupied with one vacant space do you think there is enough value add to this deal also do you think it's a concern duncan's duncan donuts lease expires in 2026 and they pay the most rent or is this okay since it is a drive-through well without even looking at it, i can tell you duncan donut is a fantastic credit tenant if it's a drive-through location you're golden you can repurpose that to other tenants that need drive-through. Drive-through is huge. It's a huge, huge value add. Uh, let's take a look. You got hair studios, perfect smile. So you got a dentist, you got a hair salon, you got Dunkin' Donuts, and then it looks like you got a corner unit that's vacant. This is in uh, Palace Park, Illinois. Don't know the market, but let's take a look at the numbers. All right, so newer construction, very low cap price per foot comes to let's see 1.9 million there's my calculator divide by what do we got here 7700 square feet yeah it's 246 bucks a foot it is newer construction you got credit one credit tenant uh, my concern is that 6.7 cap uh, even though it's 80% occupied, it's fairly a small uh, prop building, 7,700 square feet for two million bucks. Doesn't get me excited. Uh, they are definitely uh, marketing it at market or over market price. 
Uh, let me read up some more. So you got, yeah, 2026, month to month, pending five-year renewal. Well, that's another problem. You know, a lot of dentists got hit big time with this COVID. People don't want to get their teeth clean and get COVID. I'm one of them. <laughs> well, I already had my COVID, but that they got hit hard. Chiropractor, dentist, and those are two that got hit. Hair salon as well. This one expired. So what happened to this tenant? This is another uh, pending question. And then you got Victoria's Couture. What are they doing here? 355. Yeah, I mean, the only credit tenant is Don Dunkin' Donuts. And I wouldn't hang my hat on that because they're only 1,750 square feet. They do have the drive through It's great. But this doesn't represent a big value add. Um, price per foot is over replacement cost at 246 bucks a foot. And I would definitely pass on it. And I just from aerial photos, I can tell you it doesn't meet my density requirement of 70,000 per three mile. And let's take a look. That's why they put the five mile. Because <laughs> um, the three mile is probably like 20,000 uh, people. And uh, yeah, so I would pass on this. The density is 3,000 people within a mile. It's nothing. Um, 1,200 households. Yeah, then density is not there. Price per foot is high for that market. And it's a 6.7 cap. There's nothing to write home about. All right, let's move on to Armand. I would be an owner user, but I also am looking to lease out a minimum of 49% of the space, all right? Okay, looks like we got a great property in Newport Beach, California, right next to me. Uh, Newport Beach is pretty expensive. I'm assuming there's gonna be four to 500 bucks a foot. It's a 10,000 square feet freestanding office office building. It looks like a uh, built out into creative office. Uh, single, okay, two story building. Let's take a look at the details here. I want to look at the lot size. All right, so you got 3.4 per thousand parking. Um, that's not great. It's bare minimum. Uh, it's a small lot, 18,000 square feet lot. So, but it's typical. Newport Beach is very expensive. Um, I like the belt out. I like the ceiling height. And you get a lot of daylight in, a lot of windows. So all in all, I do like the property. Let's talk numbers. What is the asking price? It doesn't disclose anything on here. Let's see, I think I had another link there. Nope, that's a second property. So Armand, I need to know what's the price per foot um, on this Newport Beach property. Um, so if you have more details, please uh, post it and Logan will alert me to that and I can continue my due diligence on that or preview. All right, what do we got here? We got a church building. Uh, this is also in Newport Beach. And it's on Irvine Avenue. I know the property area very well. I think I even know this building. 
1978 construction. Give us some numbers. Here we go. So this is five million bucks. So that's about five hundred bucks a foot. Is what I told you guys. Newport Beach usually market uh, price is four to five hundred bucks a foot. Uh, this one has small parking again. Same eighteen thousand square feet lot. Parking is probably three to one bare minimum. Uh, let's see here. It has solar panels. It's all right. Wood frame. Do 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 do. Okay, let's take a look. Let's see, on the pictures, I want to see interior photos. It's important to look at the interior photos because doing tenant improvement is very expensive. That could be fifty bucks a foot difference when you uh, evaluate uh, properties, in depending on what the bell tower looks like. The previous property, Arman, we looked at had very nice tenant improvement. I would say fifty to seventy bucks a foot is worth you doing a price adjustment on that this one here they didn't post any interior photos so i can't really judge um, but just fyi any uh, church user oh there's a few photos here yeah any church user they don't go heavy at all uh, because of their budget obviously in improvements and they don't ask for a lot and they pay a lot less rent uh, in return so a church occupied property usually is going to trade at lower price and at five million bucks this doesn't excite me at all uh, to be frank so i would pass on this the other building i do like if you can give me some price indication um arman so many i went and found the listing for that oh. first building and okay. Put it in document. You see it under the person. Oh yeah, perfect. Logan, you'll make for a good PI. All right. Uh, try Wooten. So again, five hundred fifteen bucks a foot, as I expected, on the high end of the market. It is creative office space, as I mentioned. It's been remodeled 2012. Um, there is not a whole lot of upside here, Arman. Um, you have a small lot, 18,000 feet. Um, let's take a look at the brochure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, even if you occupy it, the upside, this is not going to be seven, 800 bucks a foot building anytime soon could be 15 years before you see that pricing. So your exit on this, it's really, there's no exit. So I like to buy buildings that, you know, for example, this building, I would buy it for, you know, max uh, 350 a foot. So, and then I would exit at 500 after I occupy it. But they're trying to market this to an owner user that don't care about an exit. They just want to take it for a tax write-off depreciation and take advantage of not being you know, bothered by landlords. They just want to buy their own building. Um, that's the motivation behind a buyer for this property at this price. I don't think it's for you. Uh, your intention is to flip it for a profit. Thanks, Logan. All right, let's move on. We did the second property. Next one uh, we have is from Mosey. 
uh, or Mozzie, sorry. Um, let's take a look, see what you sent us. You didn't give me any feedback on it. So we got a property in here in Pleasant Hill, California, 200 bucks a foot, seven and a half cap. Um, let's see what's the upside with this property, fully refurbished, races near restaurants. Services. Yeah, I don't know the market here. Pleasant Hill, uh, I believe that's Northern California, but if it's seven and a half cap at 60% occupancy, I mean, it's golden. Uh, I'm going to bet my money that this is fully stabilized pro forma. Yep. Okay. So it's pro forma seven and a half. I bet you at 60% is probably a two cap. Let's take a look here. NOI 375. Uh, asking for five million. Oh, it's less than one cap. <laughs> so this one here, we got uh, uh, in light industrial primitive use. So it looks like a flex building at two hundred bucks a foot, a half acre lot. Um, again, very small lot. Your parking ratio is going to be low, um, three per thousand. So you can't really do other uses um, other than office, industrial. Even office would be limited. Uh, let's see how long it's been on the market. So it's been on the market for quite some time, uh, 18 months, uh, 15 months. Um, that's the problem, typically. Let me see here. Yeah, it doesn't tell me what's the actual income here. I'm sorry. Yeah, again, this one I'm not super excited about. 200 bucks a foot, you know, for a, a 1977 construction mixed use. Um, you know, it's not uh, it's not a screaming deal. Um, I'm also concerned why they listed under property subtype medical. There is no way this could pass as a medical with three per thousand parking. It's only got half an acre lot. Uh, so I'm a little bit confused. This may be represent, misrepresented by these brokers. Um, never heard of this firm. It, to me, I would assume this guy is a residential broker and he's trying to sell a commercial building. Doesn't know what he's talking about. He's had it for 15 months or 18 months. Um, but this one, I would definitely ask what is the actual income on 60%. And if it could get, you know, a six cap at 60% for a California property, then I would, uh, you know, do a deeper dive. But there's a lot of questions mark, uh, question marks on this one. All right. Second property from Mozzie. All right. So we got a medical and dental building. Again, this is in California, Foster City, never traded. But again, this is not a value add. At 366 bucks a foot, your over replacement cost, you're paying a six cap on 86% occupancy. Um, again, I don't see this as a value add unless the comps are five, 600 bucks a foot. I highly doubt that. All right. So newer roof, HVAC, and elevator in 2019. 
Okay, so he's telling me 50% of the tenants are significantly below current market rent. So again, if the, oh, well, it's under contract. Uh, Mozzie, hopefully that's you, but otherwise this property is in escrow. Um, but still, I don't see this as a huge value add, a relatively low parking ratio for a medical building. You wanna see at least four and a half to five per thousand. Uh, it's old building, 1970, and you're paying 366 bucks a foot at six cap. Doesn't excite me, unless again, the comps are five, 600 bucks a foot. And I highly doubt that, let's see here. Sometimes they have some sales comparisons at the OM. Well, they want you to sign a confidentiality to give you more. So, so far, guys, nothing to write home about on these. Sorry to break the bad news, but keep sending these and hopefully, remember, you know, you're out hunting for a great value add. It is a seller's market. It's not a buyer's market. And, you know, I look at probably four or 500 buildings and I end up buying one. So be patient. Logan, what do you have for me? All right. Uh, first comment and guys if you have any other questions relating to the property reviews or questions in general go ahead and drop them now if you get time um first one is from bryce he, it's a repeated question he said you mentioned price per foot is greater than replacement value what metric do you use to find replacement costs mm -hmm. and i went ahead uh bryce and everyone else this is a metric in the members area if you go under resources um there's a section called top criteria for properties and we have the replacement cost uh benchmarks and you can refer back to anytime. Okay. What was his question? What um, metric I use? Yeah. What so, metric do you use? For yeah. I mean, it's it's a big range, right? Um, you ha you can have two office buildings side by side. One is steel, glass, and concrete, and one is uh, wood and stucco, right? Right next to each other. One replacement cost would probably be three fifty a foot for the steel and glass. And the stucco wood stucco would be 175 bucks a foot, half half of that. So it depends on the construction uh, type of the property. Uh, but the high rises also, the more vertical you go, the more expensive it is. You're just going to use a lot more foundation, more steel to reinforce for the weight support. So it drives the cost up. Um, so it all depends how vertical of the building is uh, and what construction type it's built uh, out of. So 50% of replacement cost is my rule of thumb. So if it's a, just call it 250 a foot for office average, you want to be 125 bucks a foot, right? Now, if you have excess land, like the building I just bought, that's got six acres, the land's worth 30 million. I paid 22 million for the building. Well. You want to take carve out that excess land, which is about three acres on this property, and take that off the shelf because to have a real comparison, that's what the appraiser would do. Would take the comps and the other comps that don't have six acres that have three acres. They would do a price adjustment on that comp for to offset, right? To be apples to apples. So there is a lot that goes into it, but fifty percent of uh, replacement cost. I would say you're going to be safe. A lot of the properties you guys sent me today, they're at replacement cost or over. So, all right. Um, next question. You mentioned on the first property, road is good, 
have is bad in mm -hmm. Phoenix? Does this apply to other markets? Or is it only Phoenix? And then can you give more context on that? Yeah, Phoenix, oh, <laughs> it's specific to Phoenix. Uh, the city is split into two by center or central street. And anything on a street goes to Camelback. Scottsdale is good. On the avenue, as you go west, it gets uh, sketchy and different demographic, much lower income. Properties are uh, going to trade at much higher cap rate. Uh, I've bought and sold in Phoenix probably uh, $80, $90 million in 20 years. So I know the area well, but this obviously applies to every city, but not uh, so symmetric with Phoenix. Um, other cities, you'll just have different uh, sub-markets. Like, you know, in Houston, you have Greens Point, which is a very uh, poor sub-market. And then you have Galleria, uh, you have Woodlands. Uh, those are superior to Greens Point. They're not really split into half. They're just scattered, different sub-markets. All right. Um, and then we have Mazi. He is asking for an update mm -hmm. on the markets and your thoughts on commercial and residential right now. Yeah, well, on the commercial side, uh, office is going to be depressed, and that's where the opportunities are. The last, uh, you know, building I bought, which is 3150 Bear, that was office. It was vacated by a church. Um, nobody wants to buy office right now uh, because of, you know, employees demanding to work from home. They just really don't know their future demand for footprint for their companies. And because of that uncertainty, they're not doing long-term renewals and short-term renewals hurt landlords, right? If you have a loan coming due next year, you know, uh, your loan matures next year, you want to get a five-year renewal because the lender is going to assume your building is going to be vacant uh, next year because you only have one year renewal. So because of that, it's going to put a lot of pressure on landlords, uh, especially ones that have loans maturing. I see that as a great opportunity next three to five years to buy office uh, product, uh, specifically low rise, anything, you know, four story and less, and try to convert those to more creative, bring in better credit uh, tenant and just sell it in five years, four years or three years when the market for office picks up because eventually it will pick up and all the sublease and vacant space will get absorbed uh, by you know, pen up demand in the future. And also developers are not going to be adding any supply to office product. So that imbalance will catch up and correct itself. It takes three to five years. In terms of uh, retail centers, you know, the smaller neighborhood centers are great. They have huge momentum. We bought one in Wisconsin. We're going to carve out CBS and sell it separately. If you find those opportunistic deals where you can carve out a portion and sell it at the lower cap, your uh, trophy tenant, and recoup most of your uh, you know, cost on the project, that's what you want to be doing with retail. I wouldn't pick big uh, bulk vacancy on a retail site um, unless you could convert to industrial. Uh, you have enough parking and the zoning you can modify to industrial. Uh, multifamily, I wouldn't touch it. Um, I think my multifamily has tapped out lenders are starting to put factory more vacancy and they're not as aggressive as they used to be six months ago and what else is that industrial is the hottest product on the market right now any uh distribution center flex space 
it's flying off the shelves and that's because of e-commerce really uh you know uh, went on a, a wild ride with COVID. um everybody's shopping online they're not really going physically out and all the distribution centers are extremely doing well so industrial you know it's the hottest one but that also doesn't represent value for me because really you can't find any vacant warehouse or distribution center um, i think the vacancy for orange county for flex and industrial is one percent one percent that's crazy um and going back to residential uh housing has uh kind of lose losing its esteem i think with rates taking up eventually the fed has hinted a couple of times they're going to raise the rates next year towards end of next year um and i think that you know all the people that are waiting on the sideline to buy homes i think they've already pulled the trigger and i believe that's also tapped out you have to be very careful not to jump in try to flip a home unless it's a major fixer up or you get a, a special circumstances on the on the buy side uh that's about it i ramble on too long but <laughs> no that's good and then um mazi had the last question he said yeah. what is the best way to reach out to owners of off-market commercial properties well write them a letter uh on costar you can pick uh get all the owners information on any property most commercial properties they have the ownership info uh, best thing to do is you know send them an email uh, a letter to be frank i've never done it before so i'm not the best person uh probably to ask but uh, i would write them a letter say i'm an investor i'm looking in your area i've seen your building you know i think it's a great fit for my business would you be interested to sell and see what they say either they respond or they don't you know shoot them an email or a letter uh you know in that uh, regards all right guys this was great send more property uh for preview next time so we can uh take full advantage of my 30 minutes be safe be well and if i didn't get to any questions logan will send them to me